podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean. We're doing something a little different here. Uh, I'm just here by myself right now. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. The latest Michael Dean show, we got into a, a quick Prince discussion about my taste book. So I'm going to share that with you in this episode. Also, we're going to pull out one of our archive shows. Uh, it was a review that we did of the small club bootleg. And I know a lot of people didn't get to hear that. So we're going to put that in this episode as well. So you're going to get some new talk and then we're going to get some classic uh, bootleg uh, discussion going on. But before I go any further, I want to make sure that we give out our thanks and uh, respects to our listeners and our subscribers and everyone who just takes the time to listen to this show. Uh, so I'm going to name a few people because, uh, you know, this whole thing is about a community. This whole thing is about the only way I can do this is you know, through the support from, from you guys. And I want to let you know that I definitely uh, appreciate and uh, just blessed to have y'all. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Vincent Spencer. And I, now listen, y'all know sometimes I can butcher names, so bear with me. But Vincent, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Niaza, if I'm saying it right, N-I-A-Z, sir. Thank you for your donation. Shout out to you. Uh, shout out to Jaina Oregon. Uh, I believe she had left a, a real nice comment on the site on one of the shows. Shout out to Dream331. Right? I see you, sir. I read your comment. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, shout out to, uh, I just have the email. I won't give the whole thing, but uh, JSY2000. Thank you, sir. Or lady. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to uh, Jordan Harold. Uh, Jordan, man, he's sending some dope music. His original stuff. So shout out to you, sir. I'm, I'm definitely checking it out, listening. I'm going to get back with you. Uh, shout out to um, Tricky D, if I'm saying your name right. Tricky D, sir. Uh, man, I got your email. The pictures, uh, just the love of the Prince culture and your story. I definitely read it. It resonates with me. Uh, I will be getting in touch with you, sir. But thank you for, for sending that in. Uh, man, the stuff you're talking about with your daughter and stuff, I feel you on that. Also, uh, Sean uh, Vines, again, I put V-I-E-N-S, Mr. Sean, thank you. Uh, James Yateman, shouting you out as well, thank you. And also, we got today, uh, Lee Anthony Beat and the Beat family. Uh, they're listening from uh, Bringing, Bringham, Bringham, the UK. <laughs> so shout out to my international listeners. He wanted me to shout out his family. So I see the Beat family. Hope y'all enjoy. And I hope uh, you're having a good day. Uh, let's see who else we got to shout out. Man, we got, uh, I'm going to run through real quick. I want to hear some content, Mike. What's going on? Uh, let's see here. I got to shout out uh, some of our. Um, supporters of the show that really make this show possible so shout out to greg davis sean hicks christopher uh caroline clinton regina charles david 
Malika, Phyllis, Pedro, Keith, Kelly, Quentin, Ivory, and of course, Crystal. Shout out to you all. These are the people who was, uh, you know, really supporting this show, listening, but also financially. So we definitely are in your debt. And I hope I'm living up to to the bargain there. Sometimes I don't. I apologize. Um, but there you go. So again, just want to say that this is the Prince Podcast. And a lot of you who listen to this uh, feed, listen through iTunes or however, um, to let you know, there is another podcast juice feed on iTunes that has everything. So you'll hear uh, the Prince Podcast shows, but you'll also hear the Michael Dean show. Uh, you'll hear, hear the uh, movie HQ show and geeked out and different things. So if you want to just get everything, make sure you subscribe to podcastjuice.net on iTunes as well. Uh, but for my Prince Podcast listeners, I'll keep this channel, the Prince Podcast, and we're going to try and keep pumping out content on a very, very consistent basis, hopefully every week. So with that said, we're going to get into this conversation. I'm going to edit it back in. Uh, it's a conversation about the new upcoming Maite book. And this conversation is taken from the uh, upcoming Michael Dean show, uh, which is probably going to come out later today as well. So definitely go check that out. Uh, we get into a lot of other stuff on that one. And then I'm also going to put in this show later as you're listening, we're going to do a review of the Bootleg Small Club. And if you have that, you know how fantastic that is. If you've never heard of this, what I'm talking about, Small Club, it is a, uh, a bootleg. It's a live performance by Prince during the Love Sexy Tour in 88. But it's, uh, it's a show. It was an after show. And the sound is phenomenal. It sounds like something that could be officially released. But the musicianship and the, you know, the music in this show, the performance, is fantastic. And it's it's been a classic. It's been out for many, many years. 20 or more years it's been out. But it's definitely something you got to have in your collection. So if you haven't heard of it, listen to what we you know, listen to our review and then go seek this thing out because you, you definitely got to have it. All right. With that, hey, uh, Michael Dean, hope you're enjoying your day and uh, kick back and get ready to listen. All right. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Let me let me ask you guys this a little Prince thing. A little discussion on my page earlier this week. So <clears throat> Maite yes. is coming out with her book next year. Uh, Hopefully it's on tape. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> wow. I'll I'm let sure. that slide. They probably let slide. They, they, they may have one, but anyway, she's coming out with a book and it's about her time with Prince and, and the love story and stuff. And, you know, some people were like, man, it's too soon and money grabbing and this kind of stuff. And apparently I remember now, but she had she had wanted to release this book, I don't know if it was a year ago or a couple of years ago. Um, I remember the news stories about it. But for whatever reason, she pulled it back. Some people were speculating that Prince made her do that. I think she was saying that the publisher at the time wanted to go in a different direction with the book than what she wanted to do, so she didn't put it out. Nonetheless, now the book is obviously going to come out. And I, I actually do kind of want to read it because I think she has an interesting story. But, you know, some people are saying that, she, you know, she shouldn't be putting this out and blah, blah, blah. And I was asking the question. I said, well, did we feel that the all those tribute, quote unquote, tribute magazines that came out, you know, days after Prince's, Prince died, 
from pretty much every magazine publisher on the planet. Were those too soon? Because I know everyone was buying those up, and yeah, I got this. And those books were like they wasn't like six ninety nine or three ninety nine. They was on some like super premium prices. Uh, and you know, to me, I looked. I bought one. I did buy the People magazine one, and but then I looked at the other ones. They like a lot of the same pictures or pictures I had already seen. It wasn't a, no content in there really too much. Maybe maybe Billboard might have had a little something extra in my opinion, but. I felt like those were money grabs. Those were too soon. But I was wanted to ask you guys about this Maite thing. Do you guys think it's she shouldn't do this book or she should? Uh, Big Sexy, start with you. You know, when you look at the, the arc of their story, you know, unfortunately it ended. And, and she has said this. I, you know, he didn't say anything. But she had said that when they lost their child, you know, it, that's just what drove them apart. Now, before that happened... You know, we've all seen Prince with the ladies here and there, and he never married any of them, and they went to the Hawaii and did the whole shebang, and it was all about her. And so if she wants to share that with people as a means of her dealing with this loss, I have no problem with that. And the thing is, when I saw the performance when she joined Sheila on stage and they held that guitar up together, you could see it in her face. I will not call this a money grab by any stretch of the imagination. All right. And that's right. Sheila had a book. And she said she was engaged. Uh, Sean, what mm. do you think? Um, I agree with Big Sexy. Uh, if if she doesn't tell the story, someone else will, right? And There's no guarantee that the other person telling the story would, would be accurate with it. Um, like you, I'm, I'm definitely interested, you know, to hear, you know, her take and her side and her... Um, just take on what was going on during that time because she was with Prince, you know, during the, you know, quote unquote, the down years, you know, the, the name change years yep. and, you know, kind of get her perspective as far as, you know, what was Prince thinking? What was, what was going on create, you know, creatively, you know, of course the baby and the loss of that and, and how it affected him and, 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 uh, um, you know, subsequent tours and whatnot. So yeah, I, I, I will. I'm, you know, I'm a completist anyway, so I, I would buy it regardless. So, but um, I definitely, I'm, I'm all in favor for her for her doing doing the book because again, some someone else will tell the story, so why not her? All right, yeah. I saw somebody on Facebook. They said she needs to give all the proceeds to the charities that Prince would have had. She needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> why are you gonna tell somebody what they do? Uh, uh, Q Star, what do you think? I don't see why anyone would have a problem with her writing a book. Who would be better to write a book? Her or someone who was close to him or someone who like this, this guy whose book I'm listening to right now. You, you caught yourself quick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to hear it from the, uh, from the peasants. Oh, I oh, but this guy's gotten so much, well, not, not major stuff, but he's gotten little things wrong that I'm like, do I really want to keep, Moving forward with this book. You get the small shit wrong, you can't get the big shit right. <clears throat> this guy's a clown. Okay? Who are the who, what's Maniac Monday? Exactly. <laughs> but no no, I don't I don't put that on the author. I put that on the uh the narrator who's horrible. Oh. Would he only be reading with the author wrote? You well, would he, hope so, yeah. People can mm. no, I I went to the book here we go. Clown <laughs> <Come on. laughs> <Come on. laughs> I went to the bookstore. <clears throat> After I heard this guy say 
the lyrics to Let's Go Crazy were uh, the afterword. And I'm like, what? So I went to the <laughs> bookstore. And in the book, it does say the afterworld. So that could have been a copywriter's fuck up or and gave the wrong sides to the narrator. and Maybe the narrator can't read. That's true, too. Maybe he He's can't fun. read either. Oh, come okay. on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I bet you he know who Lando Calrissian is. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the afterword. I know what <laughs> he was saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aunt Pooh, what do you think? Uh, I'm okay with it because I, I think people are waxing poetic poetic about his relationship with Susanna. Sheila E is putting out there that she loved him and they, they were engaged, which I'm still waiting for the receipts on that engagement ring. And I, I think people are forgetting, you know, the woman that he did marry first and and the one that he ex- he uh, expresses love to publicly. I mean, we, we've heard about Susanna and Kat and Ingrid uh, from books, but I mean, publicly, the woman that we see that he loved, Maite, um, that's who we saw. So I, I would love to see her perspective of that relationship. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, I kind of feel like some of my uh, female friends out there in the world, you know, how, you know how women can be, especially on some prints, can be very possessive. Oh. Uh, no, I mean, you know, they want to protect they they really want to protect the legacy and protect them and stuff. So I I get it, you know, but you know, she knew him. That's my whole thing. She she, she had children with this man, like you know what I'm saying. A man gonna have kids with you and do all that. You're not just some fly by night situation. Like he really was on some lifetime type stuff for that. So I have to respect that. <clears throat> You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast here on Podcast Juice. We are back. Joining me today, as always, are the original four, including myself, Michael Dean. Let's go to Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? I am exhausted. had a long day yesterday. Kicked much ass in court, but today it's all about the music. All right. Now, next up, Mr. Day Dropping. How are you, sir? I am doing well, Mike. Good to have the four horsemen back together again, making it, making this podcast crazy. Like it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And last but certainly not least, I actually had to give him a different title now. I had to call it The Brilliant. Uh-oh. The, the, the Brilliant. Uh-huh. 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 Star, no mess now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. How you doing, Ken? I'm cool, man. It's been a been a rough week. A lot of work stuff, man. So I'm glad to be cooling out on the weekend. Beautiful summer day, talking some prints. All right. And uh, I don't know who that is. That's, is that you, Ken? You shuffling some noise? Or... Oh, that's my little headset. I'm cool. Okay. All right. And and as I was making reference, uh, I said the brilliant uh, Big Ken. Well, recently I posted up one of our classic. Uh, episodes where we were talking about prints and relevancy and you know, on the internet and everything. And uh gentleman, gentleman by the name of Miles, I believe his name is, uh, he wrote a very long and thought out uh review or his opinion on that show, which, you know, thanks thanks to him for doing that. 
And he really, uh, he, he name checked. He said big, he said the brilliant big Ken. I said, I love it. You know, give him, give him props. So I thought that was really dope. So that's where I got that from. Yeah, that took me by surprise, but I appreciate the love, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So before, and so today we're going to get into, we're going to talk about small club, which is very classic, uh, Prince bootleg, uh, one of the original ones in terms of that really shook the game up uh, and is a classic and everyone should own it. Before we, we get into that, you know, it's a good opportunity. You haven't had these guys all here together in quite a while. And this show has continued to con- continue to grow and do everything. But I wanted to give the listener opportunity to catch up with everybody Seeing where everybody's at. So we're going to take a couple little minutes here. And I want to go around. Some of the guys you don't get to hear a lot. So I'm going to start with uh, Day Dropping. Sir, how have you been? What's been going on with you? You know, as much as you want to, to, to give the people. But where, where, how you been, man? Ernie. Mr. Ernie. Day Dropping. Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, hello? There you go. You I'm sorry. I, sometimes I push the mute button on this thing so, so no <laughs> outside stuff gets in and then I forget to push it. Sorry about that. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm over here down in Southern California, way, way, way down south. So it's it's hot right about now. It's about one one nine, one ten on the regular. Oh, and oh. Yeah. But it, it's cool. You know, I'm just doing my thing, working day in, day out. Probation officer. So, you know, okay. just... Putting them away as need be, and and listening to crazy stuff as it may come. You know. Hilarious. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Big Ken. Yep, yeah. Sir, how you been? What's been going on with you? Uh, the usual stuff, man. Like I said before, work, wife, kids, the normal stuff. Uh, it's been real hectic around here lately, but uh, trying to get back into the floor of things. I'm in the middle of creating some tracks right now. You know, I got three or four of them in the can. I'm still working through that, trying to fit in uh, time when I can. You know how that is, man. You know, trying to right. fit time around your hobby, man. But uh, I'm going to try to get, get through it. Maybe by the end of the summer, I'll have something to drop. Now, you still have your uh, Flavor Foundation website? Yeah, I still have the website. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that. I'm kind of on hiatus with the whole podcast thing, only because it just takes so much, as you know, takes so much time and work to keep that up. Mm-hmm. And it, it conflicts with just a lot of other stuff that I have going on outside uh, in the real world, so I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that. But right now, my main focus is more on just making, just keeping the music thing happening, you know, and putting that out there. All right, now you know we're coming up on Father's Day. Now, both of you brothers, are day dropping, and Ken, you guys are both fathers, right? Yep, yep. I got two sons. That's correct. Yeah, so I got so, two girls. So this is why sometimes you don't get the we don't have them on all the time. You know, obviously these brothers are breadwinners role models superheroes to their family so they really got always got to attend to that uh first so we always respect that so i'll say happy father's day to you same to you bro uh, oh thank you same same to everybody same there to everybody go, out everybody. there well all right, all right. <laughs> and, and and for our <laughs> our uh father and spirit uh mr big sexy and sack now everybody hears your voice damn near every week but <laughs> but is the website up? Is the website getting closer to being done? Oh man, it's getting closer. And <clears throat> I was with my uh, prospective social media director on Thursday, and yeah, it's time. You know, it's time to start kicking this up another notch. Three other players called me, two from Canada and one from the Arena League. They're like, "Look, man, we need representation." I'm like, all right, all right, we'll sit down, we'll sit down. Okay. 
you know, and it's, uh, oh, also, I'm involved with a project here in, in Sacramento. Um, my neighbor, who is an avid horseshoe player, and he is an older gentleman, you know, wants to get some property that's owned by one of the courthouses. I called the mayor. I called my personal friend, a retired judge, and the judge told me, he said, Mark, we can do this. You get to ramrod it. Let's, let's go. Uh, let's go. You get the what? Ramrod. Man out front. Quarterback. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> See, look at you, man. There you go. I just want to clear up the case. <laughs> Shout out to Q-Storm. <laughs> Jokes. All right. This is all good. Family here. Okay. So, enough of that. Uh, let's get into what we got to get into today. Prince Small Club. Let me give a little setup uh, for that. So, Small Club... This is a live concert. You know, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this. This was uh, from August 19th in 1988. I'm going to butcher the name of the venue. It is uh, the, the Pard Van Trojan, if I'm saying it right. No, no. Uh, this was in the Netherlands. And this actually took place. Uh, there was a concert that night. So he did another show, as they normally do, an uh, after show at a club. And there was like three to 400 people, I believe. And it was, you know, so small club, and apparently it's, you know, it was recorded. Um, actually, it was live recording by Alternate Alternative Mobile was the name of the company, uh, assisted by uh, Doll Mobile, uh, and was mixed by a Tree Boy Studios in uh, France. Uh, I, I think the legend was the guy who recorded it was quickly fired afterwards, <laughs> but uh, but this obviously was a well documented show, and. The reason why this, just two, in my opinion, there's two reasons why this show is such a heralded classic. One, the performance by Prince and the band, uh, spectacular. Two, the sound quality of this. This was good enough or better enough than enough to be released officially. And I would imagine if somehow they would have put it out, it would have blown the doors. And, you know, back then, and was, man, we wish it was a live album. And we've gotten our live album from Prince. But I will say that that officially released live album, which was from what the uh, One Night Alone shows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pales in comparison. Not even close. <laughs> to not even in the same universe. Yeah. Right? And and so this is no. remarkable. And I always say with this, if I, like if I was Prince, even today, just for the F of it, I would take this recording. I don't care who it came from. I'd be like, I'm going to just take this and put it out. Fuck it. Like, I'll put it as a digital download and say, I'll charge $5, whatever. But y'all, some of y'all might have it. But I'm going to put it out put, so I can get paid on this. Because this is a remarkable performance as we will get into. All right. Um, before right. we go, and, on, and Mike, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that this, this one also, I would say, kind of ushered in. It kind of upped the ante. On boots as well, yes, because of its quality. For Very that, true. you didn't have this type of quality coming out. So when this came out, it, it blew people's minds. So yeah, it really upped the ante on things like that. Yeah, and um, let's see. I want to a little tidbit I had. The one thing that's also missing from this show is Eric Leeds. Yep. And it, I was, I'm looking at mm-hmm. the the Prince Vault. Shout out to them, PrinceVault.com. And it says Eric Leeds was absent from this performance. As he was tired <laughs> after the day's show <laughs> and a photo shoot Prince and the band had in the afternoon. I always find that sort of funny. I want, like, 
you tired, dog? Like, Atlanta Bliss is there. Everybody else is there, and my man Eric's not there. But don't let that don't don't let him. Woo! Slow down, Michael. <laughs> Scratch that. Don't let it fool you. But <laughs> yeah, this, this doesn't take away from the band being dope. Okay. <laughs> Now, you know, before, just an incidental, incidental side point. You mentioned, Mike, you know, mm-hmm. that he, Prince could take this and release it as a live album, which is true. But, you know, he, live albums used to be something that was big back in the day, man. And like in the 70s and the 60s and before mm-hmm. you, people wouldn't release live albums anymore. People don't do that anymore, man. I mean, what, do, can you guys think of anybody that releases live albums nowadays? On a big scale, there isn't. But I think there are a few bands. I, I know some independent groups bands or artists that I like that have done it. I mean, they're not huge sellers or anything, but yeah, I mean, it really would be cool if he would release something like this, like a straight up live performance album. You know, you just don't see too much of that anymore these days. Agreed. Agreed. Now, before we get into the track by track analysis, I I want to just get you guys' take on when you first got this, if you can remember when, or just what you felt when you first got it. So, uh, day dropping, if you can, do you remember what, when you first got this? Ooh, I don't remember exactly when I first got it, but my first sentiments were what what I kind of talked about just a couple of minutes ago. I couldn't believe how clear it was, and just you know it, what it is when you're listening to this, you really have you feel like you're in the audience because it's just so intimate and um, it's so so just so crystal clear, and it's always been clear as a thing. Um, it, I, I just, when I first heard this, I, I made the mistake of not hearing it with headphones. It wasn't until years later mm. with headphones and whoa, new level, new level totally. But yeah, I, it's a long time ago, many moons ago. All right. Uh, Big Sexy and Sack, do you remember your first time? Oh, yes. It was very recent, I'm embarrassed to admit. And the thing is, you know, like like Ernie said, the sound quality and when, you, when I heard it, that it was from the actual soundboard and I, I put it in my... Uh, my main stereo, I could just the the bass is just kicking and the hi hat and everything and you could hear that's a small venue. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean as much as one night alone has all the, you know, post production sheen on it, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, this is the one. You know, and for all of our friends out there, Google is your friend, go find it. This is one worth having. All right. Uh big Ken. Yeah, I got to agree with the, the, the fellas. Uh, it's been quite a while since I first came into contact with it, but I, I had a similar reaction. Uh, the first thought was the sound, the clarity, because like you said, you know, back in the day, a lot of the uh, boots that you would come across, you know, they weren't the best in quality. So to have something of this caliber was surprising to say the least. But what I also got out of it, just, just remembering hearing some of the, the tracks for the first time, you know, this is one of my favorite Prince bands, right? You know, you know, I love the revolution and everything. I still hold them like in, in high, high regard because they were like, you know, the, the band that I really came up with. But this, you know, Levi Miko crew, the Sheila E crew, that's probably my second. I love I love how they play. And I just remember hearing some of these tracks, man, and just getting goosebumps like, man, wishing that I was at that show because it was just they were so raw with it and the, and the rawness of the sound man just comes out and and the rawness of that whole performance just comes out man and it just makes you wish you were there yeah yep uh my my whole thing with this album is 
I'm, I'm like Ernie. I get the headphones. I put on some incense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Turn the lights down low and go in and just get sucked into that world, man. And just try to, I feel like I'm there. Uh, so, you know, you start out, you might just be kicking back listening, but then you're going to be on your feet. And, but this just, it, I think the great word for this is intimate. Like it just feels like you're there. And, uh, the quiet moments in this thing are remarkable as well. So with that, let's just jump into it. So the first track here uh, is just titled Instrumental Jam. And when it first starts, you just hear the music come on. You already know, like, this is something, something special. Like, uh, this is from, you know, Love Sexy Era. And the thing that jumps to me is like the, just the sound of the drums and the clarity of everything. And you can kind of hear the audience a little bit. And this song comes on. And the one thing that jumped out of me, too, when I, remember, I first heard this song at the time, I was like, ah, it's almost like a time. It's like Days of Futures Past. I was like, they're playing. I remember hearing this refrain in uh, the Act One or no, it's the Symbol album. That That's where. And I was like, they was doing that back then. So, I mean, you start to hear these little <laughs> things and you start, oh, okay, damn. You know, he 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 was doing that back then. But so the first is just instrumental. And again, I want to say this now. I'm going to say it throughout. Levi, Miko, Prince. The rhythm section on here. These brothers will lock in together at times. And you really get to see. Like I was rival to say like they, you know, I don't know who's tighter. Well, I was sour to say that they might be better than Wendy Prince and Mark Brown or Brown Mark. But I, I you know it's arguable. It'd be close. It'd arguable, be close. But they, they, close. Um, uh, they dropping any thoughts on the instrumental? Well, you know, I'm, I got to address this because you threw you threw it down They're They're good in a different way. They're just as good, but in a different way. That's okay. why, because it's a different feeling. That's why I see it. Uh, but yeah, the, this intro here is it. It's great, and yeah, like you said, Mike, when you first hear the little bit of playing at the very beginning, you know the what quality you're you're in for. When I and I do remember when I first heard that, that was one to my mind. Oh my God, it's it's so clear. You don't hear that much in in the audience, and it's I think for two reasons. One. Because there isn't much audience. And two, the majority of the time, I believe this audience is in awe. These folks are there to see Prince, and they're in awe of what they're listening to. They're like, they're just dumbfounded, as I would be. There's no way I'd be yelling like crazy if I was in that audience at that time. I would have just been, you know, entranced by what was going on. The little references, uh, the little rave references, that, that actually kind of whispered throughout the whole concert. It, it, it's a good bookend. It starts off with, with, you know, you're hearing a little bit of the rape. And then at the end, well, not so much at the end, but towards the end, you you start hearing that again. And it just kind of bookends things real nicely. It seems to be the vibe that he was going for in this whole this whole thing. It's it's just, it's great. It's a great intro. Some might argue it's long, but you know what? There's a lot of good long music going on there. And it, it it's just it's tight. It is very, very, very tight. All throughout the whole thing, it's just extremely tight. Yeah, and that pops in my head. I, I hope that's from this song. 
it just got a little grooves. It'd be killing me. Uh, Big Ken, what, what, any thoughts on this one? Uh, you, you brothers pretty much covered it. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, that that riff throughout is is the same riff that he used on Rave until Joy, uh, Joy Fantastic. And I had the same reaction when I heard it. It's like, wow, you know. I mean, we all know that that's that you know Rave the song is you know he wrote that many many years ago. So I just thought it was really cool that he would be using it throughout this concert in a different period. You know, it was just the whole thing was great. My thing was I was really listening heavy to, and you mentioned it, Mike uh, Levi, man, Levi, Beast. Levi is ill, man. Yeah. Le- Levi is is on, on on some next level shit with the bass, bro. You know, and and he anchors this whole thing down. This whole out. This whole show. He anchors down, so that's what stood out to me. But it just—it was just a play setter, just like, all right, y'all, y'all, strap it in because we about to get it on, and and that's 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 a, essentially what this first track did. Mister Sexy, you know, I have never had an opportunity yet to go to a small like after club show or that he's done, and just like like Ernie said, just sitting there in a room that holds a couple hundred people. Here he comes with the full Love Sexy Band, minus Eric, and plays something that we don't know. And they play the hell out of it. You know, I would just be stunned. And Levi did hold it down, because in the, on my big stereo <clears throat> in, in the living room, you can just feel the bass line. <laughs> and that's how it should be. It's not overly done, because up to this point, the reference in live bootlegs to me was interactive night that one to me sounded pretty good this one is better and just that long instrumental says okay we're about to get it on now so just get comfy and be prepared to handle some business and that's what they that's what they do and i mean it's long but i like it long you know i like a nice extended (laughs) piece because we've said on the show many times oh man if the band could get loose and stretch out here you go now they're going to do their thing and it lets you know that the ride's about to begin. All right. See, truthfully, I don't feel as I don't feel as long as a as a jazz cat listens to a lot of jazz. I listen to a lot of extended jazz pieces. You know, hell, John Coltrane made an album of two songs, each of which was like forty eight minutes long, and Damn. I can sit and I can sit through wow. the whole thing, not a problem. Miles Davis' "Bitches Brew" is thirty two minutes long, and I listen to it from start to finish, and it's too short to me. So it, the length of the song is, is, is just a, a mental thing. For, for, you know, each person handles it differently. But something like this is not too long. Twelve minutes, fifty-four seconds. I mean, hell, they could have won another ten minutes if you let them. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Next up, P digs back and pulls uh, DMSR out, and it, it, just to me, it kills me the. And this is something he does in a lot of these uh, songs in this performance. He just starts it off on the guitar by himself, almost like noodling around and just kind of showing you like, I'm a bad motherfucker. And like the way this song starts, damn, I mean, I've even sampled that before. I just thought that to me, that is so ill. And it's like, I already love DMSR. Like, what could they possibly, how are they going to play it? And to me, man, it's just that, that Prince funkiness just right off the gate and they jump right into it. Everybody, you know, I was, ah, again, Levi, Miko, 
and Prince. The bot and Sheila. K- killing it, man. I just uh, and I guess what was it Doctor Fink? Yep, yep, it's fake. Yep. I mean, fake is in there. Unsung heroes. I was it's underrated because we never mentioned him a lot. But Doctor Fink, man, he was there from from the gate till yep. new tour. Yep. I mean, that dude is he's, he's ill, man. So, but yeah, DMSR. I I love this again. I love that intro and just when they lock in them brothers on that rhythm section, it's unstoppable, man. Uh, Big Ken. You know what? I, I would have to say this track stood out to me. It might possibly be the one of the best renditions of DMSR that I've heard. And, and like you said, he's done this uh, versions of this song dozens of times on dozens of booths, and, and he still does it in concert today. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just that way he starts with that guitar, and I believe he's. I I, I think this was a song where he prefaced it like he was asking the crowd, you know, how y'all doing? Right. You know, the, this. This beat's going to sleep, don't it? Or something like that. And then he just launches right right into this this uh, chicken scratch guitar intro, man. And they come in. And it's just ill. It, it, this, this is one of those ones when I first heard it, I got the Goosebumps on. Like, damn, I wish I was there to see this. <laughs> you know what I mean? This this might be the best best live rendition of this song that I've heard. All right. Big Sexy and Sack. You know... <clears throat> I'm glad I got it. Got to hear this, and the thing is, and I'm going to get a little, I don't know, slightly critical. The performance is banging. I just wish that when I saw the Musicology tour, he would have done the song like this. Now, his reasons for changing lyrics are his own, and that's entirely his purview. But hearing the song as it's meant to be heard in this context was just amazing. It's a great song. It is woefully underplayed and underappreciated. And when he plays it now, you know, he changes it to make it a little more, you know, G-rated. And I just hate it. This is what I needed. This is the, the real the real deal. This is the flavor. Yes, I said flavor. <laughs> hey, man, I got that trademark, partner. <laughs> There's a check. <laughs> We're going to have to talk offline. It's the flavor foundation. <laughs> All right, day dropping. You know, I'm glad that Mark mentioned that about this track here, because when I was hearing it and and when he on this track here spoke and said, work your body like a whore, um, I I gave, you know, internally it was like a sigh of relief. Oh, okay, he said it right, because uh, that's the way it was written. That's the way it should be performed, in my opinion. I like to uh, think of a track as, at its very basis, two types, the studio and the live. Um, so I don't want to say that this is better than the studio version. However, this, in my opinion, is the best live version of this track that's ever been recorded. And probably considering how he's changed things on it now will ever be recorded. So it's, 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 for me, it's a fair assumption to say this is the best live version of this you will ever hear. As crystal clear as it is, this is DMSR, parentheses, funky version. You know, the echo in the mic adds atmosphere to it. Uh, you can tell the crowd's just all into it. Even though it's a small crowd, they're totally into it. Miko. Miko's just laying it funky like can like you cannot believe. And then when they go chicken grease on it, whew, Yeah, man. You hear that then you hear America being played on the yep. guitar. Yep. yep. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. And 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 right down to the very end, the shaving a haircut. Dun 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 dun. Come on. Who only Prince could do that? And and God this is just this is the funky version of DMSR live 
number one without a doubt. Yes. And that and it ain't over. And it ain't over. So it ain't after, over. Yeah, after they've done that, they they done I mean, just imagine that concert. Already, You're exhausted at that point, yeah, right? And you only two up. songs in. You only <laughs> exactly. Two songs in. And you don't. Oh man! And then the way what's coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, nah. What they <laughs> what they drop next? Oh. So unexpected, right? First of all, it's a cover song, which you're you not for me. It's the first time I ever heard Prince do a cover. And first of all, so it's just my imagination. Now, for those who are really into Prince, there are other versions of him doing the song mm-hmm. but this version is to me he makes the song itself a prince song in my opinion he just the way that he's yeah. sort of singing it it's almost barely there a little bit he's getting backed up by um i believe it was bonnie levi and cat sheila maybe and real quiet but then they ramp into i would argue one of his greatest guitar solos ever <laughs> and takes the song to the stratosphere and slays you it just murders your ears and I'm gonna let somebody else go into it better but all I will say is this song right here from whenever the first time I heard this recording till today 2014 <laughs> I Oh, that is a song that is in my rotation. It's always in something. I, I always listen to that. If nothing else from this show, and this is a remarkable show, that recording of that song is, to me, canon. You know, like somebody says, oh, the Star Wars movies, the original ones are the, the real story and maybe the prequels. The, all the other books is just bullshit stories. All the other concerts and everything that Prince has ever done and albums, this, to me, is a part of the Prince Canon lexicon. Like it is official, <laughs> has to nice. be in there. So for me, this is one of his greatest performances. Period of something, and it's such an unexpected place and an unexpected song. And this is why I say, if nothing else, if I was Prince, I I know he knows that. Like this, this I got put. This needs to be heard. Cause the guitar, and then when Sheila on the and it just and you they kill it when a normal guitar solo, oh, I killed it, and then they ramp it back up again and just go in for the, I mean like finish him, you know, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Day dropping, man. Speak on this. Nice. Yeah, you I, and I'm I get what you're saying, Mike. Um, even up to today, when I said I heard I heard this again earlier before, you know, kind of putting notes down on it. Here's what I find myself go- doing on this track. I'm listening to it. This is this is a be- first of all, it's a beautiful take on a classic, and it's a Prince take on a classic, like you said. Um, it it just builds up to one hell of a guitar crescendo that is it's unequaled. People like saying that Purple Rain guitar is. Is it or 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 uh, gold guitar? Is it nah, no. this one works and it is crazy. Now here's what it was for me. Here's what it was for me. I'm listening to this track right, and I'm just I'm into it. I'm into it. Before I know it, it's almost over. It kind of harkens what 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 uh, what what Big King was saying earlier. This song is not a short song. But it doesn't feel like a long song because it's a trip that you're going on when you're listening to it. Before I knew it, the song had already 
taking me back home to that just the bass, the snare, and the synth towards the end. And I'm like, whoo, man. I, I went on to Windows Media Player again. I go, man, I'm that much into this song already? Wow. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those that, that it just takes you out of the moment. It's so well done. It's just so beautiful. And, and it, it, it's, it's in phases because it starts off mellow. Then it builds crazy and it goes back mellow again. And, yeah, man, what, what can you say? Is this, this is this is bliss. That's <laughs> this, what it is. This song, this performance to me. So if I think of like love, sexy, like first of all, the guitar tone that he has here is that love, sexy guitar tone that I am so used to. And being that this is a, such a great recording, that guitar is just it just seems to seep into your ears and just gets into you. And it's almost as if the guitar right. is him singing. Like yelling, mm-hmm. yelping, and it's kind of that feel to it. But I would say this comically: if he had performed this song as if it was on the cover of the album, I would have gave it a pass because I would said, you know what? If you want to stand up there, butt ass naked with the flowers <laughs> and play this, that's what was. I was like, okay, this makes sense to me. It just, I don't know. And it was like, that's the last thing I'll say. At the end of his guitar thing. When he comes back in, it's mm-hmm. like you can hear like um, he's spent. It's just like he was like tired. Or just the, the way he did his vocals, it was like he was tired. Like you could hear it and you were tired. He was like, oh, and then you had the crowd, you know, y'all want to say it? Listen. And just mm-hmm. the way he's finished it out with the falsetto. It's just it, that's that's that magic shit. It's the same type of shit to me. Like when Mike did his moonwalk it was like that capsule magic moment but it was only but it was in secret you know which made this this whole boot so popular um big ken you know what i agree with everything that both you guys says i don't have much to add except to say you know we've discussed uh my opinion on covers in previous prince cop uh, prince podcast i mean i know every artist you know from time to time will cover somebody else's songs and me personally, I was never, I always wanted to hear Prince's stuff. I didn't want to hear Prince covering somebody else's stuff. You know, we've talked about that before. Now, my my stance on that has softened uh, a bit over the years. But I will say this one right here, you know, you're exactly right, man. I mean, if there's a way, if there's a textbook way to do a cover, then this is it. This this is This is how to do a cover 101 to make it your own. This is it. I mean, everything you guys said, I agree with. I, I can't add anything else. Uh, anything else to it? It's, it's awesome. Big, big sexy. How did this sound on your system? <laughs> <laughs> Sounded great. And the thing is, <clears throat> I think there's some footage of him doing this song on one of the documentaries. I mean, it's like a little snip of it. Yeah, from and our so, rehearsal. Yep. Exactly. So, from, so now getting to hear the whole thing, you know, put together. You know, when he takes a cover. At times, he can just take over the building because this reminds me of when I saw him last year in San Francisco, where he did "Let's Go" by the Cars. No one saw that coming, and blew up the building. Same thing with this. You know, they're in the little club. All of a sudden, wait a minute, do I hear the Temptations in here? And then he's like, "You hear the Temptations, but you hear it my way," and the guitar is just 
scorching. And it's like Ernie said, a lot of people say, oh, Purple Rain, breast guitar. No, 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 no. He's just, he's done so many more things well past Purple Rain. The guitar through this whole concert is amazing. And he just lets it rip here. And like Mike said, he brings it back down at the end. Uh, the, the guy is just, the, that band at that time was just untouchable, period. Yeah, I would agree, man. That, that, that's, a, that's a breathless performance. All right, next up is People Without. And the very interesting thing about this song, off the top, is that uh, this was the first time they had ever done this song. <laughs> Uh, this was like almost improvised uh, on the spot. Apparently he had wrote some lyrics, uh, I guess at the hotel just before this. Um, and then they just, again, the power of this love sexy band improvisation, everyone has their backgrounds and their chops and they they got a leader and they can follow and, and they can just do some stuff and be like, yeah, this okay. And it can just make a song on the spot. Um, now I will say that for me, this is one of the weaker points. In, in, flag on the play, sure I know, <laughs> and compared to everything else, but I think it's remarkable that they have this much power that they can just jump, make up something on the spot, and you know it's it's a good you know it's, it's like damn this is dope like okay, but I don't listen to this that much this part, but I do respect this like most people, nobody else really gonna be able to do something like this where it wouldn't sound like some bullshit. Um, day drop. Yeah, see, people without it is, is the war before the war was the war. Ah, and yeah. um, the whole beginning, the, it's, it's just so foreboding, you know, the, the, way, the way it starts off. It's just a good mood piece. It, it kind of brings you back, you know, uh, after, after Just My Imagination, you have this. And it has one of the coolest lines, as far as I'm concerned. People without fuck without being in love whoa <laughs> that's what happened there and you know what if any track is headphone worthy though it's this one if you want to see stuff going left to right to left to writing and just going nuts and sound it does it on this track here um one other interesting tidbit for me and that's pretty much i'm done with this one is that you know listen for the crowd noise on this one because there's hardly any and there's a reason for that, because this is one of those what mm-hmm. this is this is a this is one this is one of the what the fuck type of tracks. But I like it <laughs> the type of tracks. You know, it's like, huh? And when when I first heard this one, it it kind of threw me off. So, but I've, I've I've grown so much to this song, and it's just it's it's haunting the way the way it's sung, the way it's performed, and you know, could you have not included this one on on here? Yeah, you could have not included it on this on the set list, but it's nice, especially when you know the background on it, to have it there, to know that it was greatly improvised, and even as improvised as it is, it is extremely tight. Um, but yeah, it's just a very deep, moody song with some interesting lyrics, and you know, I, I recommend listening to this one on headphones wholeheartedly. That's my take on it. All right, uh, big sexy and sack. I, now this song is improvised, so because I am completely unfamiliar with it, and when I heard it, I'm like, okay, what's this? Oh, I like this. It reminded me of the birthday '84 uh, CD 
where he does Roadhouse Garden and Our Destiny, you know, songs that have never seen the light of day. And then he does this, which is arguably as good, if not a little better than those two. And it's like one of those things where I'm like, uh, I think his name is the Gollum in the Lord of the Rings films. This is mine. and You guys don't have it. Yeah. You know, it's so cool to have something like that's like, you know, it's an audible snapshot of that night in in Holland that most people don't have. And I can't help him. I'm not apologizing for it. I think it's a great piece. It's something he could bring out right now with the third eyed girl, you know, Hmm. ramp it up a little more and it would, you know, bring the house down because it's a great, but he won't do it because of that line of, you know, fuck it without being in love. That's fine. But it's still a great song. Needs to be released. Big Ken. Yeah, I agree with Mark. This is a great song. Uh, And when you think about it, though, this is, you know, this is the perfect, this is the thing that a lot of musicians that play live, this, this is what they do. They'll use venues like this, small settings like this to introduce new material. So it makes perfect, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense that they wrote this song or he wrote this song, you know, you know, kind of spurred a moment, maybe a day or two before, what have you. And they, they work out the kinks of it on stage live, you know, and Ernie's right. You're not going to hear the crowd go do a lot of stuff because they're they're sitting there trying to figure out what the hell is he doing. They digging it. They vibing to it, but they don't know what it is. It kind of reminds me, you know what it reminds me, reminded me of when the Love Sexy tour came to Chicago back in 88 when I went to, went to that show. You know, he was playing, you know, some stuff from the Love Sexy album. He was playing some of the hits. But then at one point, midway through the show, he runs into Bob George. Now, at that time, nobody knew what the hell Bob George was, man. The crowd was like, what the hell is this? You know, when they did. Hello, Ken. Uh-oh, Ken. <laughs> All right. Oh, we'll, we'll pick him back up. He was kind of going in and out there a little bit. Uh, Ken, if you can hear us, just hook self back up. We're going to keep the line open for you. Well, we'll keep it moving, but uh, I think I, I agree with what he said. And as you guys are talking about it, I start to think, you know, in terms of this being a after show and you just had your head, imagine you just had your head blown open. Yeah. The Love Sexy Tour. Yeah, this concert. is something that you're, that you're opening up with. This is something, this is, I've already done everything. I've already seen all that. Right. Uh, all the crazy show. And then I get to hear this. Yeah, so this right. is like. Sorry about that, boys. Oh, there you oh, go. There is. No problem. Yeah, but somebody tried to call me at the same time I was on the call oh. with you. Sorry. My bad. Uh, did you want to finish your point or? No, I was just saying, I was just saying, I agree with Mark. This, this is a, a really good track. This is the type of thing that a musician would would drop on a crowd, you know, a small crowd to work out the kinks, some new material. And I was, what I was saying was it reminded me of the Love Sexy tour, you know, when they had the hits and they had the stuff from the Love Sexy album, but then they performed Bob George before no, anybody in the crowd knew what Bob George was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they had, you know, they were reenacting everything on the stage, you know, you got new coat on, huh? And motherfuckers, you know, they didn't know what this, what it was they were listening to, but they were grooving to it. And it was, I, I get the impression that this pro- this song is probably similar, had a similar effect on this crowd there. They were probably into it, probably didn't know much about it, but it's pretty funky, especially toward the end. So I like yeah. it. All right, all right. And yeah, I was, I was making a point, I don't know if you heard, to say that, uh, one, I agree with you. And I, I guess, too, if we keep our, uh, if we have in our mind that, imagine we're in this audience and we just came from the Love Sexy show. And and now we're seeing this, 
and like this guy's making up a song on the spot. Like you, you yeah, you you'd be dumbfounded. You, I would probably be dumbfounded on the first lick of the first song as performance because I'm already like, how can they possibly top the show I just saw earlier, which is arguably, in my opinion, greatest tour he ever did. Like, goddamn, I, I don't even think I could survive through this. I'd die. But uh, moving right along, Housequake is next. Now, for me, I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, this is this is Housequake. Uh, they perform it as they normally do, in my opinion. And, and again, Housequake is such... It's funny that I can be in a position to say, oh, it was just Housequake. <laughs> Remembering, Housequake <laughs> yeah. is the break your shit down. Like, God damn, the jam. Shut up and get... Shut up, damn. You know, I mean, so, yeah. After all of it's already done, they they jump right into a monster jam again. Like, it's it's just crazy. Uh, anyway, that's all I can say. It's a monster jam. Uh, big sexy and sack. Housequake was to me conspicuous because it showed the absence of Eric Leeds. Mm. That's where I noticed him not being there. I mean, it was still funky. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it didn't match quite the funk level on the Sign of the Times DVD, but it's funky. And it's like you said, though. Okay, Housequake. Okay, we know this one, but still, in, in this setting. They still pull it off in a small room, and you come from, you know, all these other songs, other, aside from dance, music, sex, romance, that you don't know, or that aren't his. And he's like, okay, here's one we know, let's get wild, let's get into it. And they do, but again, it was a smidgen less intense because Eric wasn't there, but it was still funky, they still held it down, that's one of my favorite songs, I would love it. To me... Housequake is is a song that can always be in the set list. You know, Purple Rain, yeah, whatever. House Housequake can be in the set list, you know, forever as far as I'm concerned. I love that song. All right, uh, Big Ken. Man, you dissing Purple Rain too hard, Mark. <laughs> All right, you got to calm that shit down, man. <laughs> okay, but that being said, that being said, I mean, Mike, I agree with you, man. It's Housequake. You know, I mean, it's 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 funky. It's it's actually ironic to say it, but it may sound crazy, but a housequake is iconic at this point to us. Yeah. So for what it what it means to us and how we all felt when we first uh, got exposed to it, and you figure this was in '88, so by this time he had already played it probably hundreds of times in concerts around the world for the Sign of the Times tour. So they probably you know they had this thing down to a science. So much so, to be honest with you, I didn't even notice that Eric wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and Levi and Miko and the rest of them doing what they do so much, so well, you know, it, it didn't even occur to me that Eric wasn't there. So, you know, it's Housequake, man. What what, uh, what else can you say? Oh, we can say, day dropping on the one. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's not too much more to say about this. Again, the irony is that it, for such a great song, you don't have much to say about it because it stands on its own. The one thing... I've always thought, and we, I didn't mention this when we did the, the Sign of the Times uh, preview, but, uh, or the Sign of the Times podcast, but I always thought that Housequake was made to be live. There was yes. no, no ever other reason for that song to exist than to be played live. It, it lives for that. It breathes on that. It, it, that the, the audience vibe and the band vibe is what gives that song life. And, and it's true here. It's always been true. It'll always be true, man. That's just a song that live, housequake equals live. As simple as that. Now, that's about all I got to say on it. <laughs> 
All right, so let's take it down to some down home blues, gut bucket, down south. Uh, Bonnie Boyer. Now she's front and center. I I would imagine this is kind of when Prince sort of pulled back a little bit and let them get some shine. And, you know, one of the things that jumps jumps out to me as a listener is that, oh, man, this reminds me of uh, if I had a harem. You know, it's kind of the same music mm. backdrop, mm-hmm. right? Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and then they actually, I think they're throwing in some other s- sort of songs into this. is uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. I got a whole lot of women. With more stay style. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Big Ken, any, any <clears throat> thoughts on this? Remember this one? Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I have to make an admission, man. I, I'm a I'm a jazz cat. I love rock, rap, you know, everything else, metal, everything else. Man, but I'm not a big time blues guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the blue. I like the blues. I understand the basically. If you really want to get scientific about it, the roots of most musical forms that we listen to are derived from the blues. But I'm not a really a big blues cat mainly because of the repetitive nature of it. You know, the basic 12-bar blues structure, you know, to, to me gets kind of just, it gets old for whatever reason. And, unless certain artists, like certain artists I, I hold exempt, you know, B.B. King, uh, John Lee Hooker, you know, uh, uh, those cats like that. So this cut here, you know, I first listened to it. I, I like it. I mean, I like this implement, this implementation of it, but it's not my favorite track from this set for obvious reasons. But other than that, they do play the blues well. And I do know that all of those musicians, particularly Miko, Levi, and Prince, as we keep saying, they are well-versed in blues and, and they can play it with the best of them. And so I give it, I give it props just on their, on their musicianship and their handling of the blues uh, structure, you know, in comparison to some other cats. So it gets props just on that alone from me. All right. Let me throw in, this is where I start really start to start feeling Sheila. She's starting to uh, go out a little bit more and they get a little solos. She she's cutting up on this particular song as well. Uh, Day dropping. Yeah, I'll just strictly quickly read off my my notes on this one. And you know, it's clean and it's tight. It's it's a nice break, and it's very mellow. And uh, it's got some nice, good big guitar and horn outro on it. And ironically enough, the last note that I have on here for this is Big Ken would love this, I think. So I was kind of <laughs> I was surprised that, that he didn't dig it as much. But it's, 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 it's okay song. I know, huh? <laughs> it's cool, though. That's all right. Big Sexy. I liked it because it was a change of pace. You know, I know presently a lot of us, especially me, have been very critical of the Liv Warfield and uh, Shelby influence but when it's done right, when you give one of the side people a little, little shine like this, it, it was great. Now, I'm not a blues fan either, but it fit in with, with the vibe of what the night was because this isn't about, you know, the Love Sexy tour. This is about us getting up on stage and, you know, noodling around and playing some things that we want to play. And for him to give a little spotlight to uh, to, to Miss Bonnie, I, I was down with it. And granted, again, I'm not a blues fan, but this is a classic song. So for them to get into that and do it as well, and the musicianship, this band was really, really top-notch. So let them stretch out on some other things, that's, that's, a, that's a win-win situation all the way around. All right, next up, 
forever in my life. And to me, this is like the second part where the, the, the show ramps up and sort of jumps into gear again. And again, it's got that dope guitar intro, you know, the, the Miko Prince back, going back and forth. I mean, ah, they killing me when they killing me with those guitars in the beginnings. But this, this song, once he gets past the, the regular, you know, the verses and stuff and they get into the jamming part, I'm all in. I, I turn it up because I love that chicken scratch. I love the Miko and Prince going back and forth. They locked in. And then you have my man Levi dropping the bottom. Unstoppable force. I, I love this all the way. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Big Ken is yours. Well, hold on. I got to open this up right quick. There you go. Podcast Dukes. <laughs> That's right, boy. That's right. That's how we do, dog. But anyway, I agree with you, man. I don't have anything to add other than it's, it's forever in my life, man. It, it's the, the nice, long, lengthy rendition of it. You know, you get all the improvisation and extrapolation around the main theme that, of the song. I mean, it's just it's perfection, man. And then Bonnie does her thing. She gets her shine on with her background stuff and Miko, and like you said, Levi, I said at the beginning, Levi is a mother, okay, throughout this whole thing. So it's just fire. What else can you say? Yeah, and now isn't this music, uh, the music from the Love Sexy show, when they, well, at least at the one that was recorded on video, where they do uh, Miss You Heaven, I Wish You Heaven? Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody in here can do something. Ah. <laughs> All right, uh, day dropping. Oh, day dropping. I think your mic is turned off. Oh, there you go. There you go. I thought, he, I thought right. he was going to get his. I thought he was going to get his podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this is a this is a shine song. Is what this one is. Uh, the, everybody gets to do the little shine on it, and it's good. Um, for me, this is kind of a highlight track actually on on this whole thing as well. Um, I like the harmony that that they do with the girls and the boy, uh, girls and the guys later on yes, in it, where you yes. had the girls have to do their part, the guys have to do their part. I know you've talked about this before, Mike. Um, it's it's a genius track, you know, and this one is nuts. There's not really not much more to add to it. It's a great song. The fact that it goes as long as it does only enhances it because then you can get the live vibe of it have seeping through like mad. And audience involvement is always a good thing. It works great with this song and. For me, it's a highlight. It's a highlight track of this of this album. All right, now, big sexy. Here's what I want you to do: give us Yo. your take on this one, and then I can give you the honors. Take us into still with standout time as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Hey, Mike, trying to set it off up in here, Mark. Be careful. <laughs> Forever in my life, you know, it reminds me of the version on the DVD but not as polished and cleaned up in post or in editing <clears throat> and hearing them because in, in, in post you can hear how they sweeten it up a little bit but this one, this is it this is us, this is what we're doing and to me this has always been one of my favorite songs always, always, always and so to, to hear them do it you know, in a relaxed setting in a small club because I'm at, I'm at the time now in my life the big stadium tours yeah, fuck all that. I'm done with that. If I can see somebody in a smaller venue, I'll pay more for it. I don't care. But if I can see them in a smaller venue where they can relax and just 
you know, let their thing rip like this. I'm all about it. I think it was, you know, another standout piece in the in the set list, which brings us to still would stand all time. Who's the fool to say wheel? I don't know which Come of the on, ladies that was. Don't say it. She was three fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of the ladies that was, but somebody got checked <laughs> on not knowing the proper lyric, and Prince said it three or four times. St- still would stand all time. All of a sudden, you hear "Still will stand all time." Wonderful singer, Still will. That's such a classic call out, man. I'm like, that yep. also reminds, it is. Me, reminds me of the footage of of my, my ex wife Taylor Dane singing the song with him too on some uh, on, a, on some video footage. But again, this is this predates Graffiti Bridge and. You know they were getting something. You know, be you know, well past what they were doing presently, and Big Ken, I'll throw it to you. It's a nice track, man. Still withstand all time has never been my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's Mike's song. <laughs> you know, uh, it's all right. I, I'm gonna just leave it at that. My mama said, if you can't say something good, don't say nothing. So I'm gonna pass it. Well, and I'll take that torture in. Leave Mike do it last. I know Mike. It's itching to go, go on this go, one. So, uh, for me, I, I personally think this version is better than the Graffiti Bridge one. That's just me. Yeah. I don't, I don't care much for the Graffiti Bridge one. I just, I don't. It doesn't do it for me. But I like this version here. Um, it, it works in the way it's presented. Uh, in that, see, I, I'm just not a big fan of of a, of a gospel sounding song, and I've said this before, and it doesn't sound that way here. So that's why it works for me. If somebody likes likes to sound like that, then that's great. Then uh, then I would imagine that the album version works better. But for me, this version is the one that works. I mean, uh, I like the, the 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 ribbing on there that Prince does. That's funny. But it, <laughs> aside from that, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a really actually it kind of adds to it because it, I, I like the fact that it, it it's uh, it's a serious song, but he can still be funny with it. If he needs to be, he can he can he can uh, ground it, and um, and I think that's what it is. The song is grounded to a level that I like it to be, and and I can listen to it and enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, the album version on it, it's hard for me to to hear the whole thing. I have heard it and I have I appreciate it, but it's just for me. I tend to skip that one. With this one here, the live one, not likely. It's beautiful. It's well done, and and it's my kind of track alright I'm going to leave the album version out of this because I'm going to start I'm going to take that bait but <laughs> this <laughs> this recording this performance is fantastic to me um, again he sort of he does that real starts it off on that real sort of quiet you know eternal type vibe and starts getting into it and then he does this whole part in the middle you know pull the black box on your child and start Saturday night you know that shit is this that's in this one right yeah and still what I mean they break this song down the guitar solo comes in it's just this to me is one of the highlights of this performance from my opinion I listen to this a lot I love 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 the background vocals, uh, you know, Levi and Steel, the 
time. <laughs> you killing me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't know. Just to me, this is just. I, I can't say enough about this. Now I got to go back. I didn't do my due diligence. Uh, I'm going to go way back for a second. The beginning of just my imagination. There's a little guitar thing that he does. And he sort of abandons it and goes into that. It is so filthy. If you go back and listen, I, I never released this, but I had sampled that and made it a, a track. Just that little guitar riff from myself <laughs> but to me that is so dope i just had to say that uh anyway back on to this song uh, <laughs> I, I love this and this was a standout performance to me uh that's all i can say I, I i just think it's great there you go all right next up uh they go into another cover it's i'll take you there classic uh staples staple singers and uh bonnie front and center um listen i messed with this heavily once it started getting into the um wait was this the one where yeah because bonnie just goes and goes a fool on this track in that long yeah this is this is bonnie shine track right yeah, here yeah, yeah this is yeah this hands down must be played in my opinion and this is how the 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 prince background singer who kind of <clears throat> coming to the forefront this is how it's supposed to be to be it's the blueprint for rosie shelby whoever but bonnie boyer rest in peace put it down and this is why to me she is a vital part of that band and she played her position well it never was like overpowering prince there's the you know i'm gonna jump back and, and tobias or another this is that classic moment in the Science Times movie where she started to kind of get a little bit and Prince just came in, yeah! you know, sang over her and forever in my life like, okay now go on in the back now <laughs> uh, yes. but she never really went overboard and here mailed it beautifully with the band and the band is so tight on this song and this song is sort of also is that pre-ramp up to like we're about to kill you in a minute but they break this song down, so I'm gonna go to Day Drop and go ahead. Right, this is a great another great audience participation track. It it is it's a cover, like you said, it's a t- but it's a very tight cover. Uh, for me, there isn't that much more to say. I mean, I, I like hearing when Prince does band leader, and he and he does that like no one else alive today, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he does it great on this track, and especially with the tongue clicks. And the Vegas calls, <laughs> man, you got to love it. You got to love it. It gets nuts. And then, then he goes rave on us right around the six-minute mark. And just it, the song goes a lot of places. It takes you around the world real quick, and, and it's fun. And it's it's a good track. I like it. Because it, the way it ends up or the way it, it proceeds is not the way it begins. So when you hear this, if, if you're – not paying attention and you get back to it midway through you're like wait what am i listening to again you it throws you off if you ain't paying full attention because it's changed up quite a bit and uh i think that's cool i think that's that's a mark of genius if you ask me if you can pull that off and be able to segue into things that way and change things up that's that's a beautiful thing and again 
very few could do it the the way our boy does it. And I mean, shit, when you can tongue click and make things happen and do calls off of a tongue click, wow, that's some that's some craziness right there. It's it's a good track. It's yeah. a good track, and uh, not much more to say on that. And uh, another big part of this whole show, but this is really good here, is the audience participation, <clears throat> the call and response. Right. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I thank you. That. I mean, it's so soulful. It's it's got its roots, you know, in that whole church come, going back and forth thing. And he just perfectly does that, man. It makes you and feel this is like in Europe, Mike. Yeah, right, right. And <laughs> and, and everyone in fall in step. You can do it. Like you can do, it and you can That's feel right. like you're a part of it. And it just you're grooving in the band. Ah, begin. I agree with you, cats. I like this rendition of the song. Only thing I'll add is, you know, to me the song was kind of sad in the sense that, you know, like you said, man, Bonnie Boyer, man, rest in peace. She's gone too early. I would have liked to have heard more from her. You know, I, I really would be curious as to see what you know her career could have ended up. You know, if she'd have got more more shine, more opportunities like this to be out in the forefront because she could really sing. Mm-hmm. You know, she could she could really blow. So that was the overriding thought for me. Uh, you know, it was just this is Bonnie Boyer's moment right here. You know. Yes, sir. Big sexy and sack. Take us there. Whenever I hear that song. I am immediately transported back to Oakland, 1972, being all of eight years old, and the summer of that of that year, the A's won the World Series for the first time, and the staple singers were everywhere, you know, Mavis and the two sisters, and Pops playing guitar, and knowing that Prince has such a reverence for what the staple singers did, you know, how it affected him. And so hearing this in his set and he's just stepping back again and letting Bonnie do her thing. And then they stretch it out into other things, you know, like, like Ernie mentioned. And that's, see, that's what I like. I like a great band that can improvise. And earlier, you know, we talked about the lack of live albums. Now, I think that's because a lot of the music that's produced now for the ones that actually play instruments, hmm. they can't break out and do this. You know, if they don't I have a, a structured set list, they're lost. You know, and with, with the the love sexy band, he's like, "Look, we don't do this," and everybody in the band could keep up. There was no weak person that couldn't do their part and do a little more when called upon. And you can hear all of that in this in this performance. You know, so again, he he shutting it down. The people who, the couple other people in the building, definitely, definitely got their money's worth with this. All right, and we have come to the end of the road. Last track. I'm going to do mine quick. There's key points I want to point out here. First of all, this is Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic. It's not called Raid, which Thank I you. thought it was called. Many years, I didn't know what the R A D E, Raid. Right. I, I don't know what the fuck I was. <laughs> you know, it's just it just sound good. It sound right. And, and you know, hey, a lot of Prince songs I didn't know what they. I just I went with the way it sounded. Yeah. Hey, we were all there at some point. <laughs> but I knew that. I know this is called rape. Listen, they <laughs> murder this. This is a beautiful night. Uh, you know. Baby, I'm a star. Stop, you know, in the terms of that, just 
balls to the wall jam blowout but this is ramped to the next next level uh which after this point i don't think it's ever been matched in terms of like his end of the show jams that just kill it to me this so here's why i begin they're doing this kind of real heavy fast funk rock song whatever you know i don't know what the hell he's talking about but it's just you're in it it's you know it's adrenaline pumping right banging and they break this bitch down and my man looks at miko he says you from oakland nigga i want the cribs and miko gets the cut i was like ah and levi can you levi put something on it and levi boom 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 Man, and then, right, again, call and response to the audience. This motherfucker took this heavy song, broke it to this funk roots, chicken scratch roots, and then pumps it back up again. Guitar solos. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then they get to the breakdown where you want to see, you want, you want that James Brown tightness? Uh, Give me one, uh, give me one, uh, give me two, shit. It's just like, it's, it's basically, he's basically like, give me one, and then like somebody slapping him, give me one, uh, give me one, uh, like you can't, you're not ready. And this to me is where he just says, okay, I'm going to show you how this is done. And I'm going to break this shit down. We're going to go here. We're going to go over there for a little bit. We'll rock with the crowd. I'm gonna, and, and just demolishes it. And then when he gets, when you, no more, you're done. You're basically done. <laughs> and he's like, no, the people screaming, no more. Jump back in and just. <laughs> I mean, ah, just a, the most <laughs> fabulous way ever to end the performance. And you are truly had your ass kicked at this point when all you can hear it in his voice, the exhaustion, the energy back and forth has been presented and just uh, love is God. Good night. We out. And, and that's it. And you ain't you don't want no more. You're done. Like to me <sighs> blows it out of the water. And, and I say we talked about live performances like who could, you know, the only current person I, I, I pumped this guy's horn a lot, but only one I could even see it doesn't even come close but like maybe the Roots D'Angelo you know Soultronics could could sort of play a little bit in that but it's you know no disrespect to them but it is a watered down take um, with this last song shows you this is how it's done this is your study Bible guide point you can go try to do this all night but everybody in the crew is going to have to be on such a high level and there's gonna have to be a guy in the front that can just memorize, you know, mesmerize you and have that energy to command it. That that's Prince right there all the way. And so last last thing I say is Joy Raven to the Joy Fantastic is is a murder. It's it's a murder song. It's you murdered, you're done. You know, it's it's, it's out of here. That's all I'm saying. And I ain't got nothing else to say about it. Big Ken. <clears throat> there ain't nothing else to add to it. You done covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. You, are abs- you are absolutely correct. I mean, it's it's almost like Prince just walked up in front of you and just smacked you in the face with his guitar. 
you couldn't say shit. You just got <laughs> you just got smacked. That's all there is to it. You know, because you're right. This is textbook, textbook font. And it, to me, it's interesting how you mentioned like D'Angelo and the Aquarians and all them. Yo, this is the type of stuff that they worship. This is the type yeah. of stuff that they were tr- that they try to mimic. You know what I'm saying? This is this is the stuff. This is the altar that they worship from. You know what I'm saying? And and I can't blame them. You know what I'm saying? So this is some next level shit all the way. You know, this is if you want to if you want to hear Prince break it down to the lowest level of breakstivity, then you got to get this shit here. Uh, day dropping. Yeah, you know this, this. This is the last piece that Prince pulls out of the Jenga game before the blocks fall. Man, that's all this was right here. This is. I'll sum it up with everything Mike said, everything Ken said, and for me, the summary on this is: Give me two, shit, bam, bam. No, give me five, bam, 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 bam. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Just that alone, that bit, that bit alone, and and everything before and after that. This is how you bring the house down. This is how you do that. This is how you want the audience. This is this is the Empire Strikes Back at the ending where you want to see more. You want to see what's going to happen next. This is that. This is how that this is how that works. This is how you want make the audience scream more 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 by doing something like this. Not just cuz it's you, but because the music did it. And he did it with the music on this. And man, he, like I said, that was the last piece in the Jenga game, and it, all the blocks just came down with this track. It's nuts. It's crazy, and this is how you close a show. End. Yeah, it, and I'm going to go to Big Sexy. It's almost as if he took everything of, like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Prince in, like, 15 minutes, and I'm gonna, but I'm going to do it in the uh, 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 cocaine version. Like, I'm going to go... Uh, a cap, I'm gonna put it all into this grenade, basically, and I'm gonna pull the pin <laughs> and just hand it and drop it to your hand and throw it at you. <laughs> and you gotta hold it, and and you can't, and it just blows, blows up on you. That that's to me just like you're done. I can imagine if he was. I try to think, could you have? You couldn't have ended the love sexy show with this because it's it's I don't know, this is I don't know. It's too much. It's just like. I don't even you have yeah, the energy the, the to do Yeah, because the Love Sexy show was themed. Yeah. And plus, it was themed where it wouldn't work that way. It had to, Love Sexy had to end the way it did because it was telling a story overall. But here, it's all a balls to the wall. Yeah. So. Big Sexy. I remember on the Prince and the Revolution live laser disc and VHS tape, They he did that. Give me one. Uh, give me two. Yeah. Uh, uh. During, I think it was Possessed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 25, yeah. exactly. that's oh, the shit man. right there. That's, 25 yep. times. <laughs> and, I'm like, and nobody was doing that at the time. And so to me, that was always something I looked forward to in his uh, performances. And so hearing it here in the clearest possible way, all the little, you know, signals he gives the band, Vegas in the back, turn around. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me five. Oh. Yes, I love that. That to me, again, staple, because everybody else can't do it. I'm not ripping all the other musicians that are remaining out there, but they can't do this. And all of his bands have had that, you know, beat in them, you know, in rehearsal. And you know, for the 
for again for a small club show you can't end it better than this i mean the love sexy tour was great but it was like a it was like a theme it was like a rock opera for lack of a better word and you can't really do that with this anything goes you know we go from give me one to give me five back to two and three perfect because there's no set pattern it's just chaos and i like that it's organized chaos and that was the best way to end it okay uh real quick final thoughts uh on this um I, I would say, as I think it was Big Sexy said earlier, go on Google uh, and uh, search small club prints on Google. You need to hear this. For those who have not heard this, this is a must listen, right? You have to hear this specifically, in my opinion, just my imagination, uh, rave. Uh, I would say I throw in. Forever. DMSR, DMSR. There's there's tracks on here that must be listened to. If if nothing else, you must listen to just my imagination. In my opinion, it just magic. But there's so much magic on this show, and this show is a great uh, look into where Prince was uh, musically 1988, where his band was uh, in context. Even if you just go back to the previous. Uh, tour sign of times which had more of a uh, more jazz sort of leanings you know now on this one you kind of hear how they've evolved and kept they going and you kind of just like they were at such a zenith point here you kind of wonder where do you go after this and then we obviously know where it went after this but just such a high level uh, of artistry and again keeping in mind these people just did a monster show hours earlier and here they come with a whole different set that blows it out of the water and it was for a very small you know audience and the energy level is even higher right in terms of the energy that the musicians and the music that prince is given is fantastic so i would say for me this is one of his classic performances he has hundreds but there's a few that at least that we most of us know about. And this is up there with the best. This is up there with uh, I don't have the dates in front of me, but the uh, Purple Rain era concert uh, that predates the movie, you know, where he did Purple Rain for the first time and uh, Baby, I'm a star and all that. Th- this is up there with that or this is you know they're in the same level and a couple of other shows. So hands down, fantastic boot uh, day dropping. Right. Um, this, and I, I will say this now that that you know recently Prince has been a little bit more clear on his take on boots and all. And with that in mind, uh, I will say this: go out and look for this, find it, get it, and listen to it. It, it is quintessential. Do not pay for it because that's not cool. But it is out there, and I really encourage folks to to listen to it listen to it on headphones good quality the better quality the better headphones are better or a good sound system uh it's well worth it this this concert and then keep in mind like like mike said keep in mind that this is the band who just finished playing the love sexy concert that same evening this is probably way late at night where most of us would be asleep and this is what's going on somewhere while we're sleeping and um and it's just going. It's just. It's a completely different type of deal than than Love Sexy, as far as I'm concerned. 
because here it's structured very different and it's it's just so tight so strong and then when you know the background the fact that it was played after a main show that went on for a good amount of time it was a long show and the love sexy shows and then they go and do this for at least an hour plus it's just wild it's so tight the way it is it's quintessential I don't see Boots as, as as something bad. I see them as part of a history uh, of a musician, and this is a definite huge part of of the this musician's musicianship. Listen to it, get it, take it in, absorb it, and and break it down. Don't just get it for the sake of getting a boot. Get it because this is some beautiful stuff being put together by a very tight band and a very awesome genius musician leader. So do do it for that sake. Excellent stuff. Big Ken. I concur wholeheartedly with you, gentlemen. Uh, this is a a historic, like a moment in time, like a time capsule type of album that you have to to hear. Um, you know, we don't promote the whole bootleg thing, but we acknowledge that they are out there, and we're just saying as. In rating the quality of some of the ones that we've heard, this is one of the highest quality ones that you can get. Uh, there's a handful of them out there that are really high quality. This this belongs in that upper echelon with those. This is one that you have to get. This is, in my opinion, this is this is Prince one on one, man. This is this is where you get to see him at his apex, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, 85, 86, 87, 88. This this time frame, man, he couldn't be touched. And this is a living, breathing document of that. Uh, is you know what I look at it is this 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 bootleg is I, I would I would cover this bootleg like Indiana Jones at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's looking at that little idol man he's trying to figure <laughs> out how he gonna get that idol off the block. Now you might get a get rolled over by a big ass ball trying to get it, but you got to get it. So this is one of the ones you got to get. This is an excellent document of Prince at that. Uh, 1988 time period, uh, one of his best, uh, most creative periods, in my opinion. All right. Big six, big sexy. Take us home. You know, like Ernie mentioned, the love sexy shows were long. So I know the band was just worn out and they come back up at two or 3 a.m. and just, crank it up another another level but this time and I'm not saying they don't love playing the Love Sexy tour because I'm sure they did but this is something for us as a band to do you know you guys want to go play yeah let's go play and they go out there and just rip it up and again like I mentioned earlier when you see a band no matter who it is no matter what genre they, pl- they play in when you see them in a smaller venue it doesn't have the pressures of the big tour you don't have live nation up their ass and all that nonsense it's like look we're in town where's a club let's go play and the people who are lucky enough to attend that are people like the four of us people who are really into that band and we're going to appreciate what they're going to do we're not the casual fan and i'm not ripping the casual fan but this is something that they're not into so when you get an opportunity to see somebody that you really really dig in a small, intimate setting, and they play stuff you don't know, and you're a heavy cat into their music, you're going to just have your head busted. And that's what they did with this, and it was great. You know, I wish I had a chance to go to some of those after shows, and every time he tours now, I'm looking. I've got the, you know, 
Robert Scorpio detective work out trying to find if he's doing an after show just so I can go to that. And this is required listening, period. You know, a lot of people said back in the day, oh, you got to get the Black Album. And for, for that time, having the Black Album, you had to have it. For now and moving forward as far as live cuts, this is the one. This one is the top of the mountain. Once you get this, you have you have done your due diligence. You've got to get this one. It is out there. Do some research. Do some searching. You can find it. It will be worth your time. All right. So there you go. Prince Podcast, small club. Big super thank you to Mr. Day Dropping, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. Um, do you have a Facebook and or Twitter page or something for people? I do have a Facebook. Find me under Ernie Wiles, E-R-N-I-E-W-Y-L-E-S. All right. Mr. Big Ken, where can the people find you? Flavorfoundation.com, Facebook, Ken Mitchell, Twitter, Ken Mitch. All right. And Mr. Big Sexy and Sack, where can the people find you? Oh, God. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Big Sexy and Sack. Uh, Facebook, Mark Wiggins. And we are fine. And it's, it's so close. You know, the Wiggins Sports Entertainment page is getting so close. All right. You, more you, know, Mark, you know, Mark, I just want to say, man, unlike them other brothers on the other shows, I wouldn't dish you every week about your oh, webpage, boy. man. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see, she can's got me, Q-Storm, punk. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. <laughs> yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dog you out. They doing. I mean, it's, it's only been six months, but still, I wouldn't dog you out. Oh, I, got you, I got your back, dog. I got you. See, Chicago's got my back. See, Q-Storm, you know who you are. All right, you can reach me at uh, uh, Twitter's M Dean D E A N and Facebook Michael Dean, or you can go to the uh, Facebook page. I mean, excuse me, the Facebook. Page. You can go to the uh, Prince Podcast. Oh, I just can't talk. You can go to podcastjuice.net. That's where I want you to go, and that's where you can find us. And uh, with that, we are out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll see you next time. Peace.